Welcome to Beyond the Benediction. This podcast is created for the exploration of the Bible, the examination of the church, and the expectation of the Christian life. We will cover topics that will both challenge and encourage you and help us to live lives dedicated to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's your host, Kevin Toomer. This is the Beyond the Benediction podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Toomer. Thank you so much for tuning in. And it's always a blessing to share to do the podcast. But what's also been such a major blessing for me is to to see the, the, the amount of reach that I'm able to have with the podcast. I have people as far as England, Germany, even Brazil that have been tuning in and listening. So I'm so thankful and I give God all the glory for having such a wide audience. I guess that's one of the few blessings. I don't think there really are any blessings when it comes for COVID-19, but being able to put something like this together and have such a reach, I think is because people are home more than they normally would be. And it gives them an opportunity to kind of branch out and listen to podcasts of people and discover new, new podcasters like myself. So I'm so thankful for the opportunity to share. Now let's go ahead and dig into this week's episode. Uh, we're going to talk about faith or feelings. Which do you trust? Now, it's easy for most people to go by how you feel. The world presents the idea that you go with your gut feeling, that how you feel should be a barometer or how you should dictate how you should live or how you should make decisions. And as Christians, we definitely don't want to model anything that the world promotes. But Let's look at what the scriptures say about feelings and about our heart. Because usually when you talk about feelings, it's a heartfelt thing. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says, The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? So the prophet Jeremiah letting us see that we can't trust our feelings. Because if we're honest, our feelings are subject to change depending on uh, how you feel, depending on an occurrence, an incident. Think about it. If depending on when someone encounters you, can have a real determining factor of how they view you. Sometimes people don't catch us in our best light. Someone has an impression of you that's wrong because they just happen to catch you on a day when you were in your feelings, or you are you are experiencing anger, you're experiencing anxiety, you're experiencing something that was not flattering. And that one person, based on that initial impression, has come to a conclusion about you that's not true. But because you were acting in your feelings, they've come to the conclusion on how they view you. And we don't want to be that we as Christians, that's the Bible makes it clear as we just read the scripture, that the heart can't be understood because it's so fickle. It's subject to change at any time. Philippians 4.13, it says, For I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, or in this version, through Christ who gives me strength. Now, that's one of those scriptures that you see on T-shirts, you see on bumper stickers, and it's one of those rallying cries when you're going through a rough time, you say, you know what? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And it's there's nothing wrong with that. But when you're reading the scriptures, you always want to make sure you get things in their proper context. Let's look at the verses before 13. Let's go to verse 10. Now, this is Paul in his letter to the Philippian church. Starting at verse 10, he says, how I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again, talking about the church. I know you have always been concerned for me, 
but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with this full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. And then the next verse says, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So now that verse has a totally different perspective in a totally different context. For Paul is saying, I can do all things. That means I can go through uh, serious situations. I can go through seasons of lack. And that's a, a different way you want to look at that scripture. Not so much that you can do anything. Paul is saying, I can endure all things. Through Christ who gives me strength. Now, you may say, well, this topic is faith or feelings. What does it have to do with it? Well, Paul is showing that his faith superseded his feelings. That I'm sure when he was hungry, when he was shipwrecked, when he was going through these situations, he was not feeling positive. He was not having a happy-go-lucky spirit. He was probably not just running around smiling ear to ear when you're hungry, when you're without. No one feels that way when you're in a bad situation. But he's saying that his faith carried him to the point where he says, I can do all things, meaning I can live through whatever situation through Christ. And that's where the faith comes in, who gives me strength. So we see here that it's never going to be our feelings that are going to give us the strength to endure when we go through situations and circumstances as Christians. Our feelings would never be strong enough. They are not reliable. And let's be honest, you and I have both made some decisions that we were feeling a certain kind of way. We said something, we did something, and immediately we regretted it. Immediately we realized that was not the best decision. We did not act with wisdom. We were acting solely in our feelings. So we want to make sure that as Christians, we don't rely on our feelings, especially when it comes to the things of God, that we're always relying on our faith. So we're going to go a little bit deeper. We're going to split this up into two parts. We're going to talk about the things that your feelings can lead to. And then we're going to talk about the things that your faith can lead to. Well, the first thing, your feelings can lead to rebellion. A famous scripture a book of the Bible, rather, that's really famous is the book of Jonah. Now, if you've been in church for a long time, even when you were in church as a child, there's one of those stories, one of those books of the Bible that we eagerly teach the children about Jonah and the whale or the big fish. It's one of those cute little stories that we like to share with kids. It's like one of those cute beginner Bible studies. But if you really look at the book of Jonah, it really sends a message about how feelings can get in the way of our obedience to God. Let's look at the first chapter of Jonah in the first three verses. This is what it says. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. We'll stop right there real quickly. So God has given Jonah a task to go and to pronounce his judgment against the city of Nineveh because the people have been wicked in the sight of God. So God has clearly given Jonah a task to do. Let's go to verse 3. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction 
to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. We're going to stop at verse 3. So we see immediately that Jonah did exactly what we do at times. When God gives us a clear directive on what to do, we know without a clear directive, we just know because the Holy Spirit convicts us or because the word is made explicitly clear. This is something we should do or something we shouldn't do. But we rely on our feelings and how we feel about the situation. And we let our feelings about a situation supersede the authority of God to tell us to do the situation. But let's see how it leads to rebellion. Let's go to verse four. But then it says, but the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. So you see, Jonah got caught up in his feelings about what God wanted him to do. So he went in a different direction. And as a result, his rebellion against God by operating in his feelings caused chaos in his life. Now, that's a, a, a cautionary tale for us in 2021, because how many times have we faced consequences of decisions we've made because we were in our feelings and we had the misguided impression that somehow we knew better than God? <laughs> we felt like God told me to do this, but I felt that this was a better course of action. And I'm sure all of us have faced the consequences of choosing our way versus God's way. But let's go down further in the book of Jonah. So we see that Jonah decided to go the opposite direction. But is this proof that he was in his feelings? Maybe he just was being rebellious. How do we know that he was actually in his feelings? Let's go to chapter three. It's starting at verse 10. And it says, when God saw what they did, meaning the people of Nineveh, and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened, right? So God saw that they turned from the evil ways. They repented, and God in his eternal grace and mercy, we're so thankful that he is gracious and merciful, he decided to not destroy the people. That would be good news. You would think Jonah would be happy. But look at what it says, starting at verse 1 in chapter 4. It says, this change of plans greatly upset Jonah. And he became very angry. So he complained to the Lord about it. Did not say before I left home, you would do this, Lord. That is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. So you see right here, Jonah makes it clear. He was operating in his feelings. He didn't feel like this was the, a worthy thing for him to do because, God, I know you're going to forgive them anyway. So I don't, I don't even feel like it's worth my time. You see what happened? And because he felt a certain way, he rebelled against God. So we can't think that when we make decisions in our feelings that there are no real repercussions. There are always repercussions for every decision we make. I think I've said this in a previous podcast, but you and I can make our decisions, but we can't choose the outcomes or the repercussions of those decisions. But Jonah, his feelings led him to be rebellious and he suffered as a result of it. Rebellion against God will always lead to something bad for us. It never ends up well, which leads me to the second thing 
that our feelings can do. Because we just saw with Jonah's example that our feelings can lead to rebellion. But going by your feelings can also lead you to destruction. Here's another scripture, Old Testament, 2 Samuel uh, chapter 24. We're starting at verse 2. And it says, So the king, this is King David, said to Joab and the commanders of the army, Take a census of all the tribes of Israel, from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south, so I may know how many people there are. So to give you a little bit of background, this is after David had conquered all his enemies and he's on a high now because he's really cemented his place as king and he's done all these battles and won all these victories for the nation of Israel. So David says, take a census so that I may know how many people there are. So on the surface, you may say, well, what's wrong with that? He just wants to see how many people he have. Well, this is the problem. This was not an issue of just him wanting to know. This was an issue of pride. And he was, as some people like to say, feeling himself. Let me say how great a, a, a nation that I'm in charge of. Right? But in this context, in this culture, the only person who really qualified to be able to call for a census was God himself. Because these were not David's people. He may have been the king, but God is the ruler of these people. God did not authorize for David to do this. And this is how we know that God didn't authorize it. Let's go to verse three. But Joab replied to the king, may the Lord your God let you live to see a hundred times as many people as there are now. But why, my Lord, the king, do you want to do this? So look at this. Not only was David in his feelings and he was on the road to destruction, Joab tried to change his mind. Now, Let's look at this situation and put you and I in David's place. We may not be a king that was doing a census, but you and I have made a decision based on feelings and someone tried to talk us out of it. Someone tried to let us see that this was not the best course of action. But God is so awesome. He doesn't always just let us falter and just let us make the wrong decision. He will send someone to give us a warning to say, you sure you want to do this? This is not going to end well for you. And this is what Joab was doing for David. But look at verse four. But the king insisted that they take the census. So Joab and the, and the commanders of the army went out to count the people of Israel. So here it is. David, in his feelings, persisted in spite of the warnings from the people he entrusted to counsel him. So now, What's the result? Let's go down, same chapter, 24. Let's go to verse 12. Then God says, go and say to David, this is what the Lord says. I will give you three choices. Choose one of these punishments and I will inflict it on you. So what happened was after David did the census, he was convicted. He realized he went against God's wishes. So the prophet told David, God says, you're not going to get away with this God free. You have to face the punishment for what you did. So now you have three choices. Choose one of these three punishments. And this is what I will do to you. Now, this is the part that's really, really just mind blowing for me. So David chose for God to hit the nation with the plague for three days. But verse 15, same chapter. 
So the Lord sent a plague upon Israel that morning, and it lasted for three days. A total of 70,000 people died throughout the nation. So you see there, because of David's decision to operate in his feelings and not just trust in the Lord, but feel like he knew what was best, 70,000 people died. So both cases of acting on their feelings instead of their faith had one thing in common. In both cases, other people had to suffer. In David's case, 70,000 people died. In Jonah's case, the men that were on that boat suffered through the storm. Let that be a lesson for you and I, that when we operate in our feelings and trust our feelings, as opposed to trusting our faith, the repercussions are not just for us. There are people who are connected to you and I who can be adversely affected by our decisions. Proverbs 14, this is what it says. There's a way which seems right to a person, but its end is the way of death. Even in laughter, the heart may be in pain and the end of joy may be grief. So we can't trust how we feel or what we think is best and our finite thinking and our emotionally driven state. We are prone to make decisions that are not just going to be detrimental to us, but they're going to be detrimental to others. You know, one of the things that we like to say all the time is that being a Christian is a personal thing. They say, I have a personal relationship with Christ. Well, that is true. We do have a personal relationship with Christ. But after we establish a personal relationship with Christ, our Christianity does not stay personal. It becomes interpersonal. As a Christian, we're coupled together with other believers. So we can't afford to make decisions that are based solely on how we feel and not trusting in our faith. So now we talked about our feelings, how our feelings can lead you to destruction and our feelings can lead to rebellion. But now what about our faith? What can our faith lead us to? Your faith will lead you to peace. That's some good news to know that peace is a byproduct, a result of our faith. Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition. Let me stop right there. By prayer and petition, that is an act of faith. Because what will be the use of praying and giving a petition to someone that you did not believe that could carry it out? What would be the use of praying to someone that you did not think was listening? What would be the point of praying to someone who did not have the desire to do it? So the very act of prayer is an act of faith. But look at what it says. We're going to keep going. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, got to be gracious, present your request to God. And verse seven, and the peace of God. That's the key. Not the peace that the world says, but the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. That is so powerful. The peace that God promises will transcend understanding means that in a normal worldly sense, it will seem illogical. There's no reason why you should have peace in this situation. 
There's no reason why your mind should not be filled with chaos and and you should not have this calamitous state of mind right now. But God says his peace, which goes past all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Look at that. Will guard. Not only will he give you peace that surpasses all understanding, his peace will guard you to keep you in peace. Wow, that is powerful. That's why the word of God is so awesome. And that's why it's so important for us as Christians to know what the word says for ourselves. Because it says the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. So what it says, guard your hearts, there's your emotions, and your minds, which is your logic and your reason. Being a Christian is a healthy marriage of what you feel with what you think. Too many times we look at Christianity or even at any type of religious belief. People who are skeptics of religion believe that religion is devoid of logic and reason, that it's just mysticism. Christianity is a healthy marriage of trusting God and having faith, but also having logic and reason and making rational decisions. So our faith in God is not a blind faith. It's not an irrational faith. It's faith that relies on the experience that you and I have with God. Do you know why it's easy to trust God? Because you've trusted God before. If you've never trusted God, then you will have a hard time believing it can come through. But you and I, I'm sure at some point, if you can think back in your mind, have had an encounter with God and he's done something that only he could do. Now, why did he do that? He didn't do that just for you, just so you can just get something great. He did it to develop your trust and faith so you can see him for the wonderful, powerful God that he is. That scripture, Philippians 4, 6, 7, is so awesome. But here's another one. Romans 5, verse 1. It says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have, here's that word again, peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Peace with God is a direct result of our faith. So if you're looking for peace in your life, if you feel like your life is just on a a whirlwind and you're just going up and down, seek God and have faith in him. That's where your peace is going to come from. Trusting in the one who you know has peace that surpasses and transcends all understanding. So we see that your faith will lead you to peace. But lastly, and this is a very important one, your faith will lead you to salvation. Wow. Salvation. Knowing that you have eternal life in Christ Jesus, that comes as a result of faith, never by your feelings. Because if you've been a Christian for a long period of time, there have been times, if we're really honest, where you may have even said this, that you didn't feel like you were saved. Maybe you fell short in some area, you committed some kind of sin, you transgressed, you fell short, you backslid. And so now you don't feel like you're no longer a part of the body of Christ. You don't feel like God still loves you. You don't believe that salvation 
is still yours. Well, the good news is our salvation has nothing to do with how we feel. It has everything to do with our faith. Famous scripture, one of the most famous scriptures in the Bible. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's whoever believe in him. I'm going to stop right there. The word believe means to have faith in. So the, the scripture is saying anyone who has faith in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Your salvation, my salvation, our salvation is never about the things we've done or haven't done. It's all about what Jesus has already done. Our salvation comes solely through faith. And that's a sticking point for a lot of people who are critics of Christianity. Because they believe something that great, something that awesome like salvation, it can't be that easy. You mean I I don't have to do something to earn it? You mean I don't have to act a certain way? Well, when you are a Christian, you are expected to conduct yourself in a certain way. But God makes it clear that our salvation is not something that we do to earn. And why can't we earn it? Perfect segue to my last scripture. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. For it is by grace we have been saved through faith. Here's that word again. By grace we've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Tell me how you and I can earn a gift. A gift is... If it's earned, it's not a gift anymore. A gift, if it's earned, is now a wage. It's a payment. But God's salvation, the salvation we have through Jesus Christ is so awesome and so beyond anything we can grasp or think that it's never going to be something that we can strive for. The scripture makes it clear we've been saved through faith. Is the gift of God, not by works, so no one can boast. Look at how awesome God is. He knows our nature. He knows our feelings. He knows our emotions. He knows that we would go around bragging about our salvation. We would go around bragging with our chests out, talking about how saved we are, how I've done so many great things. I've gone to church every Sunday. I've served in ministry. I sing in the choir. I pay my tithes. I do all these great things. So it feels as if somehow we're entitled to salvation. But remember, our sin debt is so great that there's nothing we can do to earn it. It's only by the grace of God through faith that we have salvation that we have eternal life. And our faith always gives us the right perspective. So when you're going through a rough situation, when things seem hard, when things seem calamitous, that's the time for you to not lean on your feelings, but to trust in your faith. Your feelings will always lead you astray. Your faith will always lead you to the one who always wins. So that's it for this week's episode. Make sure you tune in every Thursday. That's the day that I upload new episodes. And again, I appreciate you listening. If you're able to leave comments, if you're listening on a podcast app, I definitely appreciate it. If you are listening on a podcast app, please subscribe. So that way you'll be notified every Thursday when I upload a new video. Thank you for the privilege of sharing with you. And as always in closing, let your light shine brightest for the Lord Jesus Christ beyond the benediction.